Uh, by the way, from midnight tonight, you can go and picnic. No one likes a picnic. I'll tell you something about a picnic, though. There's one thing that'll get me on the tartan rug. It's a scotch egg. Who doesn't love a scotch egg? Delicious. Got no idea where they came from or who was the first person to make them. I can't imagine it's a recipe because it's more an assemblance, isn't it? You just get mints and put it around the egg. Tremendous. It's probably got a very good Wikipedia page. It's probably probably invented by some Cornish miner or something like that. But I think we should declare tomorrow Scotch Egg Day. I said mince, but I think it's more sausage meat. 1809, the first example of a Scotch egg. A Fortnum and Mason started to sell them. Delicious. I think the Scots Guard were involved. That's why it's called a Scotch egg. It is your classic thing for a picnic. I'd say Scotch egg and strawberries, you're good to go. Greetings, apparently Scotch egg first created the coastal town, northeast England, called St. Bees, almost adjacent to the lake area. But it is a food specifically designed for a picnic. Whereas a Cornish pasty specifically designed for going into a coal mine. And I've seen this before on this show and I'll say it again. I would think over the next few years, we're going to see the Cornish pasty almost rival the pie for popularity. From the sheer point of view, I think it's a lot more robustly made and more straightforward to eat. I'm a big fan. This is Marcus Lush Nights. 907, three hours till your picnic. It's level three, but level three with picnics and hunting. Maybe you got a riverhead to get something. Would you need a license to go there? Would you? I know you can't hunt in the Waitakere's. Um, I can't imagine you can hunt in the Hunua's either. I don't know where you could hunt with an Auckland, but there we go. You're allowed. Maybe Aotea Great Barrier, you could go there. But that'll happen at midnight tonight. Yeah, I feel nervous about what's going to happen the next time. I think between now and Christmas, we're in for a tough time. And um, uh, that's why I think it's probably not time on talkback for kind of the um, crazed reckons about studies from Israel and the likes, because actually we're in a situation we've got to talk about the information people need um, and the trust people need to have to go and get vaccines. I don't quite know how that happens. I'm sure there are community groups, there are iwi groups, there are marae, there are all sorts of groups out there doing their damnedest uh, to contact people and get them vaccinated um, to get those numbers up. And good luck to those people because it's collective and we all win if that happens. Um, Brian Tamaki says, I am surprised. But he's vowed to defend the police charges. I don't. I was looking at the census figures. I don't think there's that many people go to his church now. It's less than two thousand. I think the growth phase is over for Tamaki, so maybe that's a little bit of what this is about. Because I presume when you've got a church like that, a lot of it is actually just getting your name out there and brand recognition. Uh, people kind of want to be a part of it on the way up, and maybe when the churches start getting a look, looking a bit, um, the parish starts looking a bit motley. Um, maybe you don't feel like the winner's circle so much. Uh, Marcus, do you know if the Vex passport will eventually have a photo ID on it? I don't know that. They haven't said that. But yeah. 
Oh, by the way, I thought that seemed to be a sensible punishment for that young guy that's playing for the Warriors. Two weeks, five grand. Five grand's enough. Two weeks is enough. Uh, you know, seems like cocaine's rife within the NRL, though. Not sure what that's about. Must have got sick of the sponsor's product. I don't know. What are they, what are they drinking in Queensland? Is it 4X still? Don't know what beer they Remember when those first, those aluminium cans first started coming to New Zealand in about the early 80s, like KB? KB beer, we saw those aluminium cans for the first time. We couldn't believe it. It was like, wow. It was all Castleman and K. Now I don't know if people drink it anymore. KB. KB Lager, Kent Breweries. Don't know if it was any good or not. But clearly the uh, league players have moved on to the devil's dandruff. Anyway, Stephen, hello. Yeah, I heard you talking about Cornish pasties. Yes. They were never, ever taken down in mines. Cheapest and creepers, the sailors I get never that. took them to sea. I do <laughs> one which is a little bit different. They're usually done with mince and onion. Um, I do it with lamb or pork, um, chicken. Uh, the one that I do that's the favourite for everyone around here, I put smoked fish in mine. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, okay. You can put anything you like in a Cornish pasty. Yes. It doesn't matter what. You you can even have vegetarian ones that have got uh, just vegetables in them, mixed up or mixed vegetables. You can do a what? You can do a cauliflower and a white sauce with a bit of parsley. You can put that in there. Uh, you can mushy peas. Anything you know, they, just about anything can go in. A I like pasty. Stephen. I like the structure, the architecture of it. I like the fact it's one piece of pastry folded over rather than the pie, which is that weird thing with the pressed down bit with the lid. I never like yeah. that the the lid interface ring interface. Yeah. A- am right. I yeah, wrong about a- Am I wrong about the tin miners taking them down the mines? Yeah, it's an old fable. It's an old old wives story. My grandmother taught me all about Cornish pasties, and she said, "No, um, from she would never have said something unless it was truthful." I mean, she said that never took them down there. That was just a, oh, I don't know, folklore of some sort, but it not. Because Wiki, the- Wiki, Wikipedia says that they would that they would heat them up on the shovel over a candle. Um, oh, yeah, I um, think it's a bit dodgy on that one. I heard for, for I know somebody that you, you know when I'm well, my grandma would never tell a lie, and if she didn't know, she'd say she didn't know. And the one thing she did say was that Cornish pasties were never taken down the tin mines in Cornwall. Okay. There are photos, right. hmm. There are photos, but mind you, I reckon you with your fish one, a smoked fish Cornish yeah. pasty, Ooh, you're pretty you much licensed to... I made, I made licensed a dozen to, of them, and I didn't bring one home. No, why would you? Is it, would, the, would, the pastry, yeah, all gone. <laughs> would the pastry from a Cornish pasty be different to a pie pastry? Uh, yes, there is a difference. Uh, I have a recipe which is all my own, handed down from mother to son, from grandma to grandson. Yeah, and uh, it is different to a pie pastry. Yes, but it's, it's slightly. Yeah, that's right. It's more like a. Um, yeah, flaggy I don't even know pastries. how to. Des- yeah, okay, I don't know how to describe. Yeah, flag- it. Okay, st- yeah, flaggy pastry. Stephen, good idea. Thank you. 
Yeah, no, I'm very much. I don't know why I've gone off the pie. I'm very much in favour of the corners. I think quite, I like that mix of vegetables in there as well. Um, Marcus, what is the point of a COVID passport if we all have the NHI number with our medical history for international travel? I don't know. Um, Marcus, Brian Tamaki is absolutely probably delighted with the free publicity. Marcus, 30-year-olds vote blindly for whoever their parents vote for. Some people vote for the same party their entire life, no matter how bad the party might be at the time. Mike, so people want photos on these passports as well. And someone reckons Steve's grandmother probably wasn't a tin miner. There's quite a lot of rigmarole about whether they gave themselves mercury poisoning, touching the pastry and putting it in their mouths. Self-cribbed pasties give rise to the suggestion that the miners might have eaten the pastry holding the thick edge of the pastry, which was later discarded, thereby ensuring that the dirty fingers, possibly including traces of arsenic, did not touch food or his mouth. However, many old photographs show that pasties were wrapped in bags of made of paper or muslin and were eaten from end to end. But I think we're in for a revival with these. And if I could be a part of that, bring it on. B-I-O. But this, we're talking about this because, of course, it's um, picnics in three hours, two hours, 45 minutes in Auckland, and you can't have a picnic without a Scotch egg. I'll tell you what's good for a picnic, a roto chicken, preferably a happy hen, but that's always good. Phil Marcus, evening. Good evening, Marcus. Uh, just on the Cornish pasty stories and things, uh, met my wife in London in uh, 1984 and spent two Saturdays of the Lord's Cricket Test, uh, 84 and 85, in which her Cornish pasties were the centrepiece of my lunch <laughs> on those days. Um, beef, onion, diced potato, and carrot. And a be- beautiful, um, beautiful short crust pastry. Phil, with her, or you got she sent you off on your own? Oh, no, uh, on my own. Well, I say on my own, with um, teaching mates and things. Okay. It was a couple of years' tradition and fairly drunk afterwards. You're British, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So how many, years, how, how, many, how many years were you in Britain? Um, I resigned my teaching job on my 30th birthday. Okay. And then so did those... a bit of um, relief after that. So I was 30, let's see, we got married in 86, so 32. So more than half time over here. And with those 30 years in the UK, would have you eaten more pies or more pasties? Um... Well, mum's homemade pies and things, so with pastry on top. Um, no, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have eaten too many outside of things. You didn't see oh, – actually, no. Thinking thinking back to the butcher my mother used to go to in Basingstoke, they did a good Cornish pasty. Okay, so they're a lot more prevalent in England than they are in New Zealand. Would that be right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, cer- certainly. Um, of course, with the butchers and things – you have things like pork pies. Yeah. It's a, a, a one-person a one person sort of portion size. Yeah, they've always looked a bit creepy, those, with sort of lumps of fat in them, haven't they? They're not, they um, don't look good. There, there is, yes, yeah, I can agree with that. Well, wasn't always a great Scotch egg fan, though. The thing about a Scotch egg, once you're halfway into it, there's a lot still, you've still got the egg to cut. I mean, there's a lot to it, isn't there? 
there is indeed. Yeah, okay. And again, and again with again with the Cornish pasties, it depended on the size of it. So um, my wife's would have been only sort of hand size rather than anything bigger than that. And and again, the way you shape the pastry. Yeah. What do you mean about that? Well, by that, do you bring? Do you have the filling right in the middle? Yes. Yes. And you then wrap the pastry paste uh, so pastry up either side of it, and then sort. I don't. There is a special term for it, sort of nipping Crimp, it together. Is it, I think it's called crimping. That's it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. My pleasure, Phil. You know, and and the reason the reason that I have discovered the love of the, I was um. I was on holiday not so long ago and um, uh, went climbing. Well, I suppose you'd call it climbing. And um, had to do a few things. And I found myself with no food. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just pop in. And, you know, I wanted something to eat that was going to sustain me but was not going to fall apart in the bag because there's nothing worse. And a pie is t- – you, you can't take a pie because you got a mince milkshake by the end of it. But I went, there's just this um, – just sort of, you know, this is level two or level three. I can't remember what level it was, but just a uh, food store in a small town, West Otago, couple of Cornish pasties, slightly, slightly highly priced. I sort of thought, wow, I think they're ten dollars each. I thought, well, I thought that's a lot, but it was sort of artisan, and there weren't any other options. But I tell you what, those things in those bags lasted eight hours, and then to eat them, they were still had their integrity, delicious cold. Hadn't fallen apart, nothing bad. I mean, so it's quite a robust design. I don't know why we're so into the meat pie. That's just me. I've bored you all, haven't I? Aaron, hello. Yeah. G'day, Marcus. Hey, just um, uh, giving you a call about the uh, Cornish pasty revival. Um, I'd have to agree with you. I think it is making a comeback. Uh, I had one today. Tell me how that happened, Aaron. Where were you? I have not had a pasty in years because I'm pescatarian these days, so which is mainly a vegetarian that eats a bit of fish. Yes. And I was at the Riverside Market in Christchurch, and there's like a bakery there near the sushi train, and uh, I didn't know they were there. I saw it, and he had, or she actually, had three different pasties there. Two of them were vegetarian. One was a, um, a mushroom and garlic one, and the one that I bought and for seven dollars fifty, but it's pretty filling. Mostly a meal in it, uh, and it was uh, potato, leek, and cheese. Is that where they do the whale shape? Is that where they do the whale shaped pretzel? No, just across from there, so okay. uh, maybe ten meters away. How did the Riverside Markets be such a huge success? I've been to that kind of that similar thing they've tried in Auckland with that. That market called the Help Me Out Here in My Air, Dan, downtown, um, Commercial Bay, disaster. But that Riverside Market, that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the scale. Uh, that The scale's just perfect. They got it right. So they did another one in Christchurch, that, uh, that company, uh, and it's called A Little High Eatery. And, uh, and that's um, over just on High Street there where the old Mackenzie and Willis was. And uh, that worked really well, and Riverside's kind of a scaled-up version of that, but it seems to, in Christchurch, go incredibly well. And there's a lot of small food producers can go in there on all sorts of deals to uh, get all their wares. 
And, it, and it's got the, it's got the momentum beside the river there, beside the Avon. I mean, there's no stop in that next 20 years. That's the place to be, isn't it? I mean, people now will oh. fight to get in there because it's a destination and so many go there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hugely, hugely successful and, and, it, and it's great. It is, if anyone's visiting Christchurch, they should definitely go check it out. It is a bit of a highlight now. Oh, and that's brought people back into the city, hasn't it? Because it's so sensational. Absolutely, along our new waterfront there, where they've done all the um, done all the yeah. uh, all the uh, all the Avon River, all the Otago. And you ate it cold or hot? It was hot. Well, not super hot. It was edible, which was good. I hate things That's being too hot. Yeah, you'd be you'd be a bit funny about hot food, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, not a huge Pretty fan of it being too hot. Burn your mouth. And I'm also wondering too, because we are seeing more and more people popping up selling epinadas. Now that's the same thing, is it? I would have thought so, um, and uh, it's very similar. This is um, these uh, these were fantastic. So, yeah, totally agree, Marcus. Though. Okay, good to hear from you, Aaron. There we go. We wore ourselves. Thank you. Twenty-four past nine. That'd be the same as a Cornish pasty. It is pretty much, isn't it? That's crimped. Odd Louis crimped. And it's a fold over as well. I don't know where they originally came from. Probably from the tin mines. Well, I'd be for the people on horseback, probably on the um, prairies. Someone will know. We'll get some of our um, Argentinian audience coming through. It's Marcus Lush Nights on News Talk ZB. Nine twenty-seven. Marcus, a mate who lived in Cornwall, said the thick rolled over edge was held with a coal dust hand and thrown away by the miner. Yeah, I think that's concurred by Wiki. Many had meat and veg with a small helping of apple at one end for pudding. Well, if you start up a shop in level two that had Cornish pasties with the dessert thing at the other end with apple or black Doris plums or fijoas, have an arrow to show which end is to, yeah, honestly, you'd franchise that. Marks, it's a shame they don't deliver to the South Island, but Oxford Pies in Hamilton makes Cornish pasties they are divine Ordered 12 tonight online for L3 delivery Thursday. That's from Marg. Oxford Pies. Everyone now just wants an Oxford Pie, don't they? Never heard of them. But I reckon the um, Pie Awards, the yesterday's award, you want to have a Cornish Pasty Award and you'd have a subgroup category for the Epinata or the Samosa because the Samosa also is pretty much... A Cornish, a Cornish pasty. Marcus, don't forget the burrito. I used to live in the States. Couldn't find a pie or a pastry, but the burrito fills the niche. I think I fully know a burrito, actually. Oh, that's, yeah. Marcus, when the tin gave out in Cornwall, many Cornish miners went to South America. Is that where the epinata came from? It probably is, isn't it? A calzone, a folded and crimped pizza. Why was this invented? Well, I think it's all the original takeaways, isn't it? Or workers' food? Empanada and Cornish Cornish pasties have different pastry. Pasties are flaky pastry. Empanadas are made with short pastry. Philippines also eat empanadas. Um, there we go. So yeah, but yeah, the pot TikTok. The pot, I mean, the pie has never ever really had a lasting legacy, and because um, it's so clumsily constructed. I mean, who hasn't burnt themselves trying to eat a pie driving and had that sort of burning hot mints rolling down their arms? None of it's good. With a Cornish pasty, you can hold it like a cigar and you can always, it it feels it's not going to give up on you. It feels robust. I think I found my new calling, especially that smoked fish one. 
that Aaron and Steve were talking about. Tremendous. And you can eat them cold as well. There's no malarkey about them have to have, having to have them hot anyway. Now, of course, if a newspaper's doing the best spots for picnics, where would the best spot for a picnic in Auckland be? You'd have to go One Tree Hill, wouldn't you? Every time. Every time. The olive trees, the stone walls, the closed ice cream kiosk. I'm sure there's plenty of other good spots I'm not wanting to give away. Anyway. 0800 9292 to text if you want to come through. We started talking about the Scotch Deg. We've moved towards the Cornish Pasty. Because you can picnic tomorrow. I don't think anyone will. I think the idea was you're supposed to picnic in your backyard. You don't need to go out of the house. Um, But check the weather, check the tides. Anyway, 